Why have I been focusing so much on star ratings lately when it comes to Mizzou football recruiting? Well, there's one very simple reason for that, and I'm going to explain that coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. Thanks for telling a friend to go to LockedOnMizzou.com to find us wherever you get your podcasts, making us your first listen every single weekday. I certainly appreciate all of you for that. But you know what? There's been some pushback online. Not not anybody who's being angry at me or anything. Just there's been some people online, some loyal listeners, who've been saying that lately I've been a little bit hard on recruiting of the Eli Drinkwitz this season in particular. This 2023 class, who could complain about 2021 and 2022 just in terms of those rankings, right? Well, part of that pushback has been, hey, I know this class is a little bit disappointing so far, perhaps just in terms of pure rankings, but number one, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. Hey, fair enough. A lot of these guys are, all these guys are unofficial at this point, but it sure seems like more and more, a lot of the top guys anyway are sticking with their commitments, but even more so specific to Missouri, a lot of the pushback I've been getting is that, hey, Gary Pinkle won without the highly ranked four-star and five-star players for the most part, too. And sure, that's a very, very fair point. You don't absolutely have to have the four- and five-star players to win, at least not to win consistently. Now, to be Alabama and Georgia or Ohio State and actually get into the college football playoff on a consistent basis, win your conference on a consistent basis – Well, it sure seems like there's a pretty positive correlation between the star rankings and winning at the absolute highest level, don't you think? But here's the other thing. Sure, Gary Pinkle was amazing in his whole staff at finding diamonds in the rough and recruiting and just finding athletes that they felt like they could mold into good football players. Perhaps they had a certain personality type that they looked for, maybe a a competitive guy, whatever it might be, they pulled it off to a, a really consistent level for a long time. But let's not forget just how difficult that job is because it took Gary Pinkle years to, I think, to really get to that point. And it took some lucky breaks along the way because as much credit as Gary Pinkle and his staff deserve for unearthing Brad Smith out of Ohio, for instance, well, if that doesn't happen, if for whatever reason another school comes in and maybe a school a little bit closer to Youngstown, maybe Penn State gets involved, well, maybe Brad Smith never comes to Missouri and who knows what happens to the Pinkle era. So my point is it takes a long time, a a few breaks here and there to get that kind of development going. And also, Even more importantly, let's be fair, you can't say Eli Drinkwitz is Gary Pinkle yet in terms of development. Who has Eli Drinkwitz developed yet? Well, nobody, really. And if you're going to say, hey, it's too early to judge on that, 
I completely, completely agree with you. We cannot judge Eli Drinkwitz's ability to develop players yet, especially not in this coming season where a lot of the holes in the roster were filled ostensibly by players from the transfer portal, guys who have already proven what they can do at the Division I level to some extent. So here's the thing. The problem for Eli is what else does he have to hang his hat on so far at Missouri if not for those high if not for the unprecedented level of star level recruiting at Missouri because that's really his biggest drawing point at this point. And it's a really good one too. If you can consistently raise that ceiling the 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 high level of rankings of high school players at Missouri for years on end. Once you stack a few of those those classes on top of each other, that's bound to yield nice dividends at some point. There's there's basically no doubt about it. You'd have to be wildly unlucky for that not to happen at a certain point after you do it for enough time. So again, it's not so much that this one class can just derail everything, but again, if this is now... Basically, if Missouri is going to come off that high of the new coach, that new coach smell, and then, well, the the level's going to drop back down to maybe what it was in the Pinkle era, in the Barry Odom eras of recruiting, well, that means that Eli Drinkwitz is going to have to take the Pinkle route and really good, get good at developing players. Now, on one hand, you can say, hey, you're an SEC-level school. You can find really athletic guys that maybe didn't necessarily have a ton of high school football experience. Guys like Charles Harris, who I brought up yesterday, that he was mostly a basketball player, famously. Didn't play a whole lot of football, I think, until maybe his senior year. Obviously was an incredible athlete, a guy that Missouri eventually molded into a guy who was picked in the first round in the NFL draft. I believe he's still playing in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. At least he was last season, for sure. So again, that's all really impressive stuff there by Gary Pinkle, but the the degree of difficulty there, I think at times is underestimated by your average fan. And honestly, as a Missouri fan, I would just rather see Missouri just increase its ceiling in terms of the high level of recruits that they get because as much as fans of Gary Pinkle and those great years of the Tigers like to point out, hey, we didn't necessarily, our best players weren't always necessarily high star guys, low star guys like Sean Weatherspoon, Denario Alexander, there's a whole bunch of examples of that, but at the same time, man, it's just a lot easier of a putt to make from 10 feet than 25 feet. And I think the 10-foot putt analogy is getting more and more four-star type guys. And coming up next on the show, the Missouri basketball non-conference schedule has officially been released. So I want to I want to talk about that schedule and how, even though it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, it does make a lot of sense on at least a couple of different levels. But you know what? Speaking of basketball, some breaking news in the world of the NBA. It sounds like, well, it doesn't sound like Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets saying they've come to terms. They're going to move forward and stay on the same page. So Kevin Durant withdrawing his trade request would probably be the best way to put that. Well, if you listened to my betonline.net read yesterday, You'll know I encourage you to maybe put a couple of ducats on the Nets at 14 to 1 just in case they couldn't find a trading partner. Well, guess what? 
as I look at those nets, excuse me, those odds for the nets currently seven and a half to one. So just about in half there. So if you listened to me yesterday, you got some real value, but you know what? There's always value to be had over at bet online, whether it is the NBA, football, hockey, golf, esports, combat sports, horse racing, they've got you all covered. Head to bet online today on your mobile device or on your computer to see all the action at bet online where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Be sure to check out the ultimate college football preview. Today's episode is about the Southeastern Conference, but this whole seven-episode preview is going to be live in your feed, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, the whole deal. Simply just search for the ultimate college football preview wherever you get your pods. Well, starting on November 7th, Missouri will play seven home games in the course of 19 days at Mizzou Arena. And tell me which one of these seven games is moving the needle for you most. Southern Indiana, Penn, Lindenwood, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, Mississippi Valley State, Coastal Carolina, Houston Baptist. Yeehaw! Get ready to come on out to the old ballpark, am I right? I mean, seriously, Southern Indiana and Lindenwood, two of your first three opponents, their first year of Division I basketball. I suppose Penn, in theory, could be entertaining. I don't know. Sometimes those Ivy League games can be kind of fun, I guess. Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Now, my memory could be faulty here, but I think about 18 years ago, I covered... SIU Edwardsville playing a NAIA game against Bob Burchard and the Columbia College Cougars for the Columbia Missourian back in the day. Mississippi Valley State, well, they're terrible. They had Jerry Rice, though. They got that going for them. Coastal Carolina, again, definitely a football school at this point. Houston Baptist, also terrible. So again, those are seven pretty underwhelming games, to say the least, but To be fair, this is the first year for Dennis Gates in his program at Missouri. Probably just wants to rack up some victories here early, figure out he's got a whole, whole bunch of new parts, just like the roster last season had a whole bunch of new parts. So perhaps not the worst idea in the world to say, hey, let's go out there and just kick the crap out of some people for a while, be able to have the freedom to play a bunch of different roster combinations Let's figure out what our best five is, our best top seven or eight, even more important, or just as importantly, I would say, because right now on paper, I don't know who the Missouri's best five is. I have absolutely no idea. And I'm sure Dennis Gates and company has a better idea since they've actually seen these guys in practice. But at the same time, let's see them against different competition for a whole month, essentially, for about three weeks and and figure it out before the Tigers actually do play a meaningful basketball game, I would say, November 29th at Wichita State. That'll be a pretty interesting ball game for sure. Then Missouri plays another home game against Southeast Missouri State. Again, not one that really moves the needle there, but the last three are pretty darn good. Now you got 
Kansas. Hey, the Jayhawks, they're back, everybody. Then Missouri has Central Florida in Miami and the Bragging Rights game, that annual skirmish in St. Louis. Of course, then Missouri in January 28th, about a month later, will play one more non-conference game as a part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge at home against the Iowa State Cyclones. But just one more thing. It's so good to just have Kansas back in Columbia ten year, more than 10 years later. Listen, we all hate Kansas, right? But let's be real. One good thing of the Kansas game last year, I sh- actually I should say the only good thing about the Kansas game last year in Allen Fieldhouse is that it reminded everyone Missouri fans, young and old, Kansas fans, young and old, that this rivalry and this game still matters a whole hell of a lot. And thank goodness it hasn't been that long. Thank goodness it's only been a decade. So it hasn't been, if it had been 30 years or something, and God knows if Bill Self had his druthers, maybe it would have been forever. But if it had been 20 years even, I'm just worried that it really start would have really started to wear off the specialness, the hatred, everything about it. And it just, it's sort of like, it really was like the Super Bowl. If you're a Missouri fan every year, a Missouri basketball fan in that, even the casuals pay attention every year. Obviously it's not a championship, but at the same time, like the Super Bowl, it's an annual event that will get even the casuals and the diehards alike excited at least for one evening or one afternoon even when your team isn't all that exciting even when the chiefs have still been have the chiefs have had awful seasons in the past and well when the chiefs are awful i still watch the super bowl as a chiefs fan anyway even when they aren't involved even when they've suffered a heartbreaking defeat in the afc title game i still end up watching the super bowl so the return of this game is obviously a great thing for the sport. Its loss 10 years ago was obviously a huge loss for the sport itself. And that is such an obvious statement that apparently Bill Self is the only person that actually needs to hear it. And coming up, we are right in the middle of fantasy football offseason preparation. And hey, there's a couple Tigers that are relevant names right now. Albert O, former Tiger, of course, former tight end for Mizzou, a big-time sleeper for a lot of people. Also, Tyler Beatty, certainly a relevant name to be aware of as well. So I want to give you my take on those two potential fantasy football ballers coming up right after these messages. Well, if you're watching this show on YouTube, and if you'd like to check that out, just type in LockedOnMizzou.com and subscribe for free over on YouTube. You will certainly see dozens of Missouri football mini helmets sitting behind me. So clearly, I make no effort to hide my incredible bias for the Missouri Tigers. So when it comes to former Tigers in the NFL, I hope they all do great. I hope they all end up in the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But when it comes to fantasy football, well, I am ruthless and I simply want to win. So all of those biases go out the window for me. So let's first of all start with Albert O, Albert Okuebunam. Yes, 
I tried it. I tried to pronounce it. Did I do it right? Who knows? So we'll just go with Alberto from now on. And he's a guy that has been getting a lot of hype this offseason for the Denver Broncos. Of course, Russell Wilson is now the starting quarterback. Of course, his former teammate, Drew Locke, a bit of a part of the hype here now that Drew Locke has departed for Seattle. Well, a lot of people thinking, hey, Russell Wilson, the probable pro football Hall of Famer in the future, he's got to shoot that offense up a little bit. Can't blame anybody for thinking that. But at the same time, I'm a little bit worried that people are putting the cart before the horse when it comes to Albert O. Maybe putting the cart before the Bronco, if you will. But especially because not only has Albert had a little bit of a tough time staying on the field so far in his young NFL career, well, the Broncos did draft a tight end, Greg Dolchich, who until recently had been getting quite a bit of hype in camp. He's now hurt. I'm not sure how bad that injury is off the top of my head, but the reality is even with the rookie tight end being hurt, well, in this last preseason game, you saw Albert O actually sort of trading off with some of the second and third tight ends, the guys presumably behind Albert on the depth chart deep into the fourth quarter. Now, that's very very worrisome to me. A couple he's he's rotating with a couple of blocking tight ends. I still think there's upside there if if Albert gets the appropriate amount of volume. Just to me though, reading the tea leaves, if he's truly going to be a big breakout player and a part of that offense, I wouldn't expect to see him playing that deeply into the fourth quarter of a preseason game at this point. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's something to watch if you are a fantasy football player. Hey, for instance, Josh Jacobs was playing kind of deeply. The the Raiders running back deeply in the first week of preseason play. That raised a lot of eyebrows and with good reason. You want to see you want to see the important players, your sleepers playing with the first string quarterback essentially if they're not playing with Patrick Mahomes they're probably not going to be out there in important moments with the Chiefs during the regular season just for example now former Missouri running back Tyler Beatty current Baltimore Raven scored a touchdown the other day for the Ravens in the preseason right around the goal line a very familiar looking play that Missouri ran quite a few times last season. Very effective. Essentially just the spin-around play fake, as some people called it, where the quarterback doesn't even really fake a handoff per se. It's just more of the the footwork that is the fake. But essentially a stretch play, Tyler catches it. A fake stretch play, easy touchdown, just walks it on in for Baltimore. But again, like Albert O., All of those reps, for the most part, were coming very deep into the game. Tyler was the last running back in the game for the Ravens. So while he did get a lot of touches there, got a bit of an audition there in the second half of that ball game, that does tell me that Tyler, at least at this point, not a huge part of the Ravens' plans. On the other hand, it does sound like J.K. Dobbins is a little bit questionable the former Ohio State product. I believe I called him an Alabama product in a previous episode when talking about Tyler Beatty. But no, the former Buckeye, J.K. Dobbins, maybe a little bit questionable still for week one. Same thing with Gus Edwards as well. So perhaps Beatty still makes the roster with the Ravens in need of some sort 
of of depth at that position, at least early in the season. But it sure seems to me like Beatty is probably a candidate to be cut, maybe a practice squad guy for the Ravens if he clears waivers. But I'm a little bit worried about Tyler's status at this point. And unless you're in a super deep, like 14, 16 team league, I just don't think Tyler is draftable right now. But hey, with all that being said, as much as it hurts me to talk ill about Tyler Beatty, I got to give you the truth. And you know who's going to give you the real inside truth on the Southeastern Conference? It's Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Make it your second listen. Every day, Chris and his local experts of the Locked On Network take you across the conference in less than 30 minutes a day. That's Locked On SEC. Be sure to make it your second listen today. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.